Welcome back, everyone, to On Point. This episode, I'll be talking about my mule deer trip to Idaho with Jeff, uh, my stepdad, and we basically went over there. First time, him and I both had tags and gone mule deer hunting together. Um, it took way too long for this to happen, but it's the first time we've ever gone on a hunt like this together and uh, had a had a, <laughs> honestly, had a great time, but we pretty much got our asses kicked. <laughs> Uh, for six or seven days straight, pretty much. So um, I will get into that. But today uh, is the day after Thanksgiving, and I hope that you guys all had a fantastic, great, uh, safe Thanksgiving, spending time with people that you love, eating great food. And I know I did, and it was just awesome. And um, still probably going to have to hit the gym after this to work off some of that some of that excess food that I definitely gorged myself with. But uh, yeah, so it's been about a month after I got back from Idaho. And uh, basically, we went over there to the same area we went two years prior. And I, I rifle hunted this with my dad, uh, passed up a buck that I probably definitely should not have passed up uh, now that I know the area and what the area contains. Um, about a 150 inch buck should definitely not have passed that up. Um, and so I, I, I went there knowing that I probably need to shoot the first 150 I see if I see one, but, uh, we went over there, same area and, you know, we were going to just hunt hard and not commit to an area that wasn't holding deer. If we were seeing deer, we would stay there for seeing bucks. We'd stay there. Um, but we, we, we basically just said, you know, we're going to move around, not going to overcommit to anywhere. And then uh, that was going to be the game plan. But we're going to start where I know, where I know there's deer. doesn't matter what the weather's doing. There's going to be deer here. Uh, and so there's a, kind of a residential population. It, we're not relying on the migration. But we also went towards the end of October. And why I did that is because I wanted the rut to start you know, I wanted the bucks to start appearing. I wanted them to start chasing, start thinking about the rut. And I wanted uh, the weather to give us a better chance of moving the deer down or the colder weather to get the deer movement up. And I just think that, you know, I was trying to stack the deck in my favor, going as late as I could. Um, having said that, uh, you know, the weather actually really wasn't that big of a factor. I saw just as many deer uh just as much deer on the on the warm days nice days and actually i probably saw more because i was able to hunt harder and, and hunt better than than versus the 40 mile an hour 30 mile an hour uh rain and just freaking cold and and man i'll, I'll tell you um if you're gonna hunt down low you might as well just go early because you're not waiting on the weather to push the deer out and these deer were out feeding on the hot days on the cool days it didn't really matter i was just able to hunt harder on a nicer day. So, um, hindsight, you know, if you're going to go, go late and hunt high, but, but if you're hunting low, it doesn't really matter when you go out. I'd, I'd actually probably go opening week and, and have those nicer bucks that are, that haven't hopefully been shot. Uh, cause I, you know, who knows what's been shot before, you, you know, two weeks have passed. Um, so, Anyways, we get over there, and the plan was to uh, to hunt an area that and camp exactly where we did last time. And my cousin was over there with a buddy. We were going to meet up with them, and they had to actually end up leaving early. Uh, but we got one solid day in where I got to hunt with my cousin, and he killed a really nice uh, four point. You know, uh, probably a one forty. 145 inch buck somewhere in there. Um, good buck, you know, not one that I, you know, it's not what I went to Idaho for, you know, like if I would have saw that, 
Um, I, I probably would have passed on him knowing where he was at. Um, Bubba was wanting to head home that day, so he shot it and uh, helped pack it out. I think I think it was about five miles, but I, I forget. And it was an absolute shit show for weather. I mean, as soon as he shot that thing, the weather system moved in and didn't move out for two or three days. But um, I got some videos of the pack out. It was pretty hardcore. Put my rain gear to the test, put my new boots to the test. And um, everything failed me. <laughs> uh, my boots were not waterproof. They were supposed to be waterproof. And to be truthful, this is the second time I bought this model of boot. It was the Crispy Nevada Gore-Tex model. They were insulated. Um, I didn't get the insulated model last time. I kind of want to see just what the insulated model was in, in colder weather. Um, it was more It was more than enough. I probably could have got easily got away with the lighter, uninsulated version. But um, they leaked. My, my rain gear leaked. My pants, my rain pants, my rain jackets. I had the first light rain pants, the Seek jacket, the Storm. I had two Stormlight jackets that are all first light, um, all ASAT, old, old school stuff, but all in really good condition. And to be honest with you, the, the ASAT uh, Seek jacket has leaked since freaking day one. I sat in, uh, in a boat, wasn't even moving around, right? Sat in a boat salmon fishing, getting freaking poured on for a couple hours. I start getting cold. I'm like, what the heck? And so I open my, I unzip my, my rain jacket and I am just soaked. And it started soaking in through the zipper. And I don't know if any anybody else has had that experience with the Seek jackets, but uh, mine is, uh, is reliably going to leak at the zipper every freaking time. And uh, it just, you know, so I figured I could wear two rain jackets. That didn't really work. Um, it just, you know, I could not keep the, the, the wetness off of me, and I couldn't keep my feet dry um, despite buying brand-new crispy uh, Nevada GTXs. And the first set of those I had were perfectly waterproof. They were great. Best boot I've ever had. So I just wanted to make that same purchase, and they're they're just – not, I'm not getting the same results. And so um, me and Bubba both had new uh, boots over there, and both of our boots leaked. Both of our rain gears leaked. And actually about 99% of the people we talked to, it didn't matter what rain gear you were wearing, everybody's leaked. And so I, you know, I'm kind of struggling. Where do I go for, for good rain gear? Because if you're, if you're hiking around and you're moving around a lot and you're just not sitting in a spot, and you're actually mobile, and you're you're flexing the fabric of the rain gear here and there, where you're where you're bending over, you're you're whatever it may be, you're just mobile. I, I just I don't know if there's a rain gear out there that's going to keep you dry. Now we did talk to one dude who said his uh, Sitka kept him dry, um, but there was another dude across the table for him where his Sitka did not keep him dry. So. I, you know, I really don't know. If you guys got any suggestions, let me know. Because I'm looking for new freaking boots now. Because I'm pissed off that my, that my four hundred and fifty dollar boots are leaking. That my fancy expensive rain gear is trash. And I'm just, I'm, I honestly, I don't know where this hunt has me leaving, has me guessing what I should be using and, and stuff like that. Because I'll, I'll, I'll straight up admit, I mean, I was flat out cold out there, and. uh it it was it was a suck fest, quite honestly, and I don't want to get too negative about anything here, but uh, being really transparent, uh, my my gear straight up let me down. And uh, as much as I do, you know, testing and research, I I didn't think it would be that bad. And and my boots probably surprised me the most. 
um, especially since I'd worn those before and, and had really good success with them. And and um, the quality on them was just not very good. The rind, like the rubber molding part on the toe, um, all, like on day two, that was peeling off. Um, they, they leaked multiple times on that hunt and um, just really not happy with them, uh, honestly. I need, to, I need to contact Crispy and either have them send me a new boot or send me my money back because it's pretty pretty BS. You spend that much, mo that much money for a good boot. And, um, you know, I've got a pair of Hoffman 8-inch Explorers, but they're half a size too wrong. I, I, I got them half a size too small. And so I don't wear those, but those feel and, and wear like the nicest boot I've ever had. But they scrunch my toes up, and I can't wear them, especially when I'm going downhill. It just murders my feet. So I have really nice boots. I just can't wear them. So if anybody wants to trade me size 9.5 for size 9, <laughs> let me know because I might make that trade if they're the same boot. And these are like pretty much a 99% condition, 95% condition. But um, anyway, so back to the hunt. Um, first uh, evening, me and my stepdad get there. We see... Oh, we do like 13 miles, um, and we do, uh, so we do 13 miles. No, 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 it was the first morning. We do 13 miles, and we see, I think, six or seven bucks and like 30 deer. And I'm thinking, hell yeah, you know, we're seeing lots of deer, lots of bucks. Eventually, and all of them were absolute dinks. Uh, <laughs> none of them were shooters. Uh, none of them would have been shooters on any given day, even on the last day standing on the road. None of them would have been ones that you would have wanted to drove 14 hours for to take home. I mean, I would have felt guilty shooting any of them. And um, so, you know, obviously not what we're looking for, but I'm thinking, you know, if there's this many bucks here, if there's this many does here, eventually, if I just keep pounding this area, I'm going to find a good buck. And I'm not running into a lot of boot traffic. Um, actually, the only tracks we actually ran into were Bubba's and they were way the hell back in there. My cousin Bubba, uh, they were way the hell back in there. And, uh, so we basically found out the day prior, he made the same hunt and, <laughs> and, uh, they didn't see hardly, they, they saw, they saw a few deer, but they, uh, they didn't see as many as we did. And, um, so we decided the next morning to hunt, hunt together, uh, me and my cousin and go way back in there again. And that's when he shot that four point with a cheater. I saw another couple of small bucks, uh, packed that one out. And then um, basically kept hunting the same area. And uh, boy, we just, from there, we just got our freaking butts handed to us. We'd see two or three bucks a day. Every single buck would be a dink. I mean, every buck would be just smaller than the dose. I mean, just like a first year able to produce uh, an antler on top of his head. I mean, or just like the tiniest little fork. Um, and we started having more hunters kind of move in on, in our area and they were shooting the little bucks, even five miles deep, they were shooting the little bucks. I'm like, man, you know, so we start talking to some of these folks and, you know, kind of like, what are you seeing? Here's what we're seeing. You know, I'm obviously we're hunting the same area, so there's not really that many secrets here. Um, but there's obviously a lot of deer and a lot of little bucks, but I'm not seeing any big bucks. And that was the story from across the board. People would ask us, you know, we would talk to other people at a, at a store we'd go to and eat lunch and everybody was saying the same thing. There's no, where's the big bucks? There's no big bucks. We're just seeing, you know, three to six tiny, tiny, tiny deer a day and tiny bucks a day, you know, an average of 20 deer to 30 deer a day is, was what we were running into. And, um, even guys on horseback that we saw had a decent, you know, three by four, um, not a big buck, you know, not one that you'd want to go over there and shoot, you know, six miles deep, but a, a, a decent three by four. And they rode in eight miles and then did like another few miles on their feet. 
and they went in some really nasty, gnarly terrain, and um, they weren't seeing anything big either. Um, that was actually the biggest buck they'd saw, and they'd also shot a small, small little like like blacktail sized three by or three point, and I mean it was just a dink, and so. You know, after talking to guys like that, I'm like, man, I feel I'm starting to feel better about the lack of success. I know that probably sounds bad, but I'm sure you guys can relate. You go on a hunt, you get your ass kicked, you start talking to other hunters for like validation that you're not a shitty hunter. Hopefully, they're having a bad hunt too, and that validates that you're not the shittiest hunter in the woods. And uh, you know, kind of like through other people's struggle, I started to feel better about myself. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't relate to that. Maybe I'm just a piece of shit, but, um, you know, and I'm not wishing bad on anybody, but through other people having the same experience I am and, and everybody else was, was putting forth a pretty good effort. I'd say that we were definitely putting forth a more than average, very more than average. We're probably putting, you know, 50% more than everybody else, um, at least. And, uh, we were having the same success. And so I'm just thinking, you know, I'm doing everything I can do. I can I can change areas, but the guys that we're talking to up high are saying the same exact stuff that we're seeing. Just the big bucks aren't moving yet. And uh, even up high, you know, 8,000 feet, even where they got fresh snow, um, they were starting to see some some nicer bucks, but nothing, nothing worth shooting. And um, just really weird, just really weird. I thought that definitely would have got the bucks going, and uh, it, it just didn't. And either they were they were moving or they just weren't there. And so, uh, I mean, it got to the point where, you know, I'm probably 40 miles worth of walking. Jeff is, is, you know, I feel like I'm keeping us there cause he doesn't care. He's willing to go whenever, um, he's willing to shoot a small buck. He doesn't really care. He just wants to go out and hunt and enjoy the woods. And I'm, I'm just kind of grinding away, trying to find something that I'm wanting to take home. And, and, uh, so we'd kind of take an easy day. I'm just, the morale is pretty low. We go, we have lunch, we eat good food. I, I dry my boots off in the truck. Um, and I'm wearing my tennis shoes and I'm trying to dry my boots out cause they're soaking freaking wet. And I'm thinking, man, you know, we're walking, we're walking a long ways and there's a river near where we're hunting and you can glass back across into some of the drainages that you have to hike your ass off into. And I'm like, if I could spot a buck or a big buck from here, I could just cross the river. And um, so really kind of a lazy way to hunt, but kind of a smart way to hunt. So um, you're basically just glassing two to three miles, um, at least two miles. I would say a mile in some spots. I'm kind of backsliding here. A mile in some spots, but up to three miles um, away using a spotting scope. And you're glassing basically from the side of a road from a truck across the river into drainages. Well, I spotted, I started spotting deer. I started spotting quite a few deer, spotted some elk, even spotted an elk shed. Nice one. Um, and keep in mind, the rain hasn't really stopped for two or three days now. And so where guys were crossing the river, um, I, I'm like, it still looked like it was crossable, but I didn't know if I was gonna be able to do it, but I had waders just in case. And so I spot this buck that looks pretty damn good. And he's with another buck and he's probably two, two to two and a half miles away somewhere in there and i could see he has a, a pretty tall rack um i could definitely see he had horns pretty easily and i'm like man that has to be a pretty good buck if i could see that that far away he's a buck um and so i start making a play i'm like you know be an easy hike if i kill him it's all downhill the only pain in the ass part would be basically getting him across the river with waders and uh i have trekking poles which i forgot at camp and so this might be a kind of a circus, but I'm going to try and get across anyways. Well, 
we uh <laughs> we we Jeff drops me off. I grab my waders. I grab my pack. I grab my gun, and I start putting my waders on. And I'm looking. I'm like, this river looks like it's gonna be sketchy, but I'll try it anyways. I've got the the chest high waders, and my first time ever freaking wearing them. And uh, strap my boots over my neck and start making my way across. I make it about a third of the way across, and uh, I start getting a little sketched out. I make it another little ways. I'm pretty much halfway across the river, and it's 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 trying to push me down river. I mean, it is not very deep, but it is really swift. It's really deceiving how how much that current really pushed against you. It didn't look like it would be that big of a deal to cross, but I mean, every every time I took a step, I was almost eating shit and, sw- and swimming. I mean, it was it was pretty bad, and it's up past my knees at this point. And I think the waders actually um, made it worse because more more pressure against the legs. The waders were catching more water, and I think maybe that wasn't helping too. But I mean, the water was definitely up, and it was definitely way more swift than it was two days prior. And so I I even though I tried, I couldn't make it across, and uh, I came back. And, um, you know, I just, I just wanted to give maximum effort every day if I, you know, and I, and, and to be truthfully honest that day I did, I mean, I, I, I literally tried to cross a freaking river that was way too sketchy to cross, came back and I felt good, you know, like, Hey, you know what? I was willing to do it. I tried to do it. I couldn't do it. Um, it wasn't safe first of all, but you know, I, I was willing to do it and I was willing to put up the effort. And so I get back to the truck. I put the spot and scope back on him. I'm like, do I need to, do I need to go after this buck tomorrow? And I, 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 I get the spot and scope back on him. And finally I can get a really good view against the base of his tree. Cause he's bedded down. And, uh, and I get a really good view of him and he's a fairly tall, absolute narrow fork and horn. <laughs> and he's pretty much a dink. <laughs> so, uh, I got a pretty really, I got a really good look at him and he was probably like a 14 inch wide, you know, 13 inch tall, 14 inch tall fork and horn and just a, a just a first year forky. <laughs> and so was his buddy. And, uh, I, you know, I'm glad I didn't cross the river cause I would have gone over there and I would have shot him cause I, I put in the work <laughs> to go shoot him. So I'm glad I didn't shoot him. Um, and I'm glad I didn't make it across the river, but long story short, I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I was, Pretty low at this point. Um, I was starting to see the weather because um, when we left Roseburg, uh, we keep in mind we live over here on the Oregon coast. I left deer hunting right when it was starting to get hot over here. Drove over to Idaho to go shoot a big muley. Well, I start getting some updates from my buddies, and they're starting to put some bucks down on the ground, and a couple of them are shooting some good bucks. And I'm like, crap, you know? They're like, yeah, the rut's kicking off. It's nothing, doing nothing but raining. It's perfect. Um, and it's just, it's just perfect time to kill a big blacktail. And so I'm like, crap, I'm all the way over in Idaho. And now the freaking blacktail ruts kicking off and, and I'm not seeing shit worth shooting over here. And I'm like, you know, I just need to, you know, I just need to temper my expectations. I need to just go have fun and I need to shoot the first buck that gets me excited, whether it's big, whether it's, it's small. I just, I just need to go back to enjoying the woods and, and, and just temper my expectations. I'm not going to shoot a freaking dink because I just, I don't want to do that. Um, but I'm going to shoot the, the, the first decent buck that walks out. And so, um, I hunted another couple days. I, I, I hiked up two hours before daylight into a spot 
where um, I'd passed up that big, uh, you know, 150-inch, not really big, but 150-inch four-point uh, two years prior. And I just really like that area because it's so brushy. A buck, you know, a buck could be coming out of anywhere in there. And there's just a bunch of finger drainages that kind of come together. There's almost like a creaky pasture area down in the bottom. And there's a lot of little glassing knobs. And there's a nice set of rocks where I can just sit and glass. I can get out of the wind. I'm protected somewhat from the rain. And it's just a perfect little honey hole. And so I sat there, and then I, I went over down over the ridge, and the weather just let me freaking have it. I got up. I started hiking an hour and a half before daylight. I got in there three miles, three and a half miles before daylight, and um, got into my spot and built a fire. Um, I it, it, The wind started picking up about 40 miles, miles an hour. Um, steadily 30 gusts about 40 it was anywhere in between there and then it was 39 degrees with a solid rain uh so pretty freaking miserable i mean you could glass but you couldn't glass very well because the wind was blowing you all over and and you'd get so cold that you couldn't you couldn't glass for more than about five minutes at a time and so uh i built a fire and and ended up basically just I'd sit next to the fire for 20 minutes, go glass for five. And I did that for hours and, um, just trying to get as much glassing time. And every time I glassed, I saw deer. I mean, every time, um, uh, didn't see any, I saw two bucks, two absolute dinks. I think one was a spork and one was a spike. Um, probably saw 30 deer doing that. The deer were moving, uh, but they just, you just physically couldn't deal with the cold. And, and, um, it was, it was just a absolute suck fest. And so, I went over and I just got so cold. I got so close to my fire. I burnt my pant uh, rain gear, burnt my bino harness, burnt part of my strap on my pack, and I burnt um, part of my gaiters, I think. Um, and uh, so I, I just, I was just having a hard time staying warm. And keep in mind, my rain gear isn't doing that great of a job of keeping me dry, right? And my, my boots aren't dry. And and so it's just really hard to stay warm. And so I, uh, I ended up staying up there all day. Um, I, and <laughs> I trust me, I, did, I didn't feel like it, but I did. I know I wanted to push myself mentally and physically. Um, that day was more of a mental push and, um, you know, I, I stuck it out and it, it was probably, it was probably a stupid decision. because uh, realistically, I mean, you're hunting a fifth of the time, uh, and you're getting warm most of the time. And so it just, I was just thinking about that. I made a few phone calls, talked to my wife, you know, I was like, talked to my dad and I was like, I just don't know what I should do. Should I just kill the next buck I see? Should I, should I stick it out? You know, we're, you know, I, I saw two or a buck get shot right up the hill for me. It was just a dink. Uh, but guys are, guys are shooting all the bucks that, that I'm passing up and I'm not sure if I'm making a mistake. And, and, um, you know, basically decided to, if I, if I ended up shooting one of those little bucks, first of all, I wouldn't feel good about it. Um, I just, you're not getting enough meat in my opinion for me, for me personally, if you shoot little bucks, I don't, I don't really care. I, I'm not going to push my beliefs on, on anybody else, but I just, this juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I, and I honestly, honest to God, I feel bad. I really do feel bad. I feel bad killing best way I can describe it is, is just adolescent baby deer, just deer that, that don't know that you are even hunting them. Basically, it's just, it's just, it's just a whole different, it's not that I'm better than anybody. It's just a whole different game. It's just, it's not even, it's not a challenge. It's, it's not, there's not a lot of meat. 
It does. It just doesn't. The math just doesn't add up for me. If you if that's what you're into, then go ahead and knock them down. I'll leave them for you all day. I just it's just not what I'm into. Um, and I felt like that to me would have been taking the easy way out because you know seeing three to three bucks a day, um, it would have been the easy way out. Honestly, it would have really would have been. I mean, you could have shot one every morning and um, and, and definitely closer to the truck than where I was hunting. And so. Um, there's some other factors too. Um, so I, I, you know, I've said it, I, I wanted to push myself mentally. I wanted to push myself physically and I felt like I did pretty damn good, um, physically. However, mentally, I felt like I was pretty weak. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was turning into a kind of a negative Nancy there for a while. And I was, I was complaining to myself, <laughs> complaining to myself a lot. And then I kind of found myself complaining to Jeff, you know, like, where's all the freaking deer, you know, da, 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 da. And, and I did, I just, I hated the thought of bringing somebody else down, uh, kind of like being that crab in the pot. And so, um, I tried really hard to, to stay mentally focused and, and positive, especially when around Jeff, even though he was just there to have a good time to get away from work and shoot a deer. And, and, you know, so I, I just, I don't know, man, I just, wasn't wasn't as happy with myself as I thought I was going to be. I went to the gym all year, and I wasn't as happy as I thought I'd be physically. Um, you know, my cousin Bubba, <laughs> he he doesn't go to the gym. He's 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 pretty much a cowboy redneck, and and um, he he I think he did better than I did packing out. I mean, I pushed the pace for a while, um, and then when he took the lead, I could barely keep up with him. Uh, my knee and my hip were really bothering me for some reason. Um, and I don't know why, especially the downhill, my left knee. And and I never had a problem at the gym. I never wounded or injured myself throughout any of the hunting seasons I'd been on prior. But my knee going downhill, my left knee, man, oh, shit, that hurt. Um, especially when packing out his buck. I mean, we both had, I probably had 60, 65 pounds. I don't know what, it was somewhere in there. And uh, it was, by the way, it was the biggest bodied buck I've ever seen. I mean, it was well over 200 pounds. It was a freaking... It was a giant deer. I mean, I took some pictures of just the body of it. And, of course, pics don't do it justice, but we got every scrap of meat off that thing. And and Bubba's pack was heavier than mine. Mine was 65 pounds and um, 65-ish. And, uh, God dang, that was a big-body deer. And it wasn't even an old deer either. It was just a big boy. It was just a really healthy, probably a three-year, three- or four-year-old buck. And... Um, and, and boy, what did my, my left, my right hip, uh, like hip joint socket. And then my left knee definitely felt that coming out. And then intermittently, um, would just, would just, it sucked. I mean, honestly, going downhill absolutely sucked. And even with the trekking poles, um, that definitely helped. And, uh, by the way, the trekking poles were probably my best idea of bringing period. I, I've heard a lot of guys use them. I've never used them. I've made fun of them <laughs> like everybody else has. Um, but they were actually the best investment I made into this whole hunt. I was able to go faster, go farther and go, and, and, and it was less effort. And so those are all three things that if you can get those and keep the weight under a pound, that's a freaking win. And it doesn't take up much room. They're super light and they, they help me hunt harder and go farther and, and save effort, everything. So, um, having those for packing out, but also having those just for packing, was really nice. And so I would suggest if you're going to be hunting some steep stuff that's really open, if you're hunting in the brushy areas, I wouldn't even worry about it because just using checking poles and brushy areas doesn't, for me, it, it sucked. Um, but when you're open and you're hiking and, and you can get 
clear, unobstructed like use of your trekking poles. Boy, it was nice. It was really nice. And I just bought the ones from Costco. Um, like, I don't know, 35 bucks, something like that. They, they're not like super nice, but they're not bad. I mean, they're, they're probably middle of the line and, and, uh, holy crap, those trekking poles saved my life. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I honestly, you know, going to the gym three to five times a week, every week, all year, up until hunting season, up until, uh, late August, um, and then obviously, you know, I hadn't gone to the gym till like late August. So I had lost quite a bit of the gains, um, because I'd be, I was busy hunting. I didn't have time to go to the gym. Um, you know, I'm sure I lost some of the gains, but, uh, I felt like I should have done better. I felt like my body should have reacted better to the adversity I was putting it through. Um, and, and I just, I just felt like I could have handled the adversity better mentally too. And I, I I'm really going to work on that. And so, um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to, you know, I just, the whole, when I started getting negative, I just kept, you know, kept telling myself to quit being a fucking pussy and just suck it up. And, and, um, no one's going to hunt harder than me. I mean, I may not be successful, but no one's going to hunt harder than me. And, and, you know, people may be hunting smarter than I am because they have horses or, um, side by sides or whatever, but no one's going to put in more effort than me on this, on this mountain right here. I'm going to be the guy that puts in the most effort, whether it makes sense or not. And so I did that and I can honestly say that I'm proud of, but it didn't produce anything. Um, and so we decided to kind of hunt a little different road system about a half a mile, mile from where we had been hunting. Um, my legs had just been beat to death for six days practically. And, and so I wanted to hunt a flatter, easier area to hunt that looked good. Um, they'd been getting the crap beat out of it by, by other hunters, but we'd been hearing a lot of gunshots coming off uh, from over in this area. And so let's go check it out. Right. And so me and Jeff get up and we, um, immediately were, were, there's another dude that pulls up behind us about a half hour before daylight gets out, talks to us. There's uh, headlamps about two miles up top of the, uh, right Ridge. And just basically here comes all the hunters that we had been seeing. And, um, so we got in there and let the guy know what our plan was. And he said he was going to kind of work the other side of the basin. Um, so he's only going to be, you know, 500, 600 yards from us paralleling us, um, which is fine. It's public land, but it's just not ideal. And so we get in there and we start seeing deer, uh, more deer, deer, little buck, uh, really like really little buck. And at this point I'm pretty much, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to just, to, I just want to have fun. I just want to shoot the next buck that gets me excited. And, um, you know, like it doesn't have to be a big buck. If I just get excited when I see it, I want to shoot it. And so we, we, uh, run across a herd of like nine or 10. There's a small spike or fork in that one. Pass on that little guy. Keep coming down. We're about a mile and a half in. And, um, immediately I look across and there's a buck staring at me and I, uh, pull the binocs up and I can see he's about to his ears and he's taller than his ears. And, um, and he's got a good a good posture. He just looked like he was a good buck. And so it kind of got me excited. And so I, I, <laughs> Jeff was just used to me passing up bucks. And so I, I pull up the binos. I'm like, yep, that's him. Boom. You know, basically I'm like, I'm going to shoot that buck. And he's like, I felt like he's like probably shocked. I was going to shoot that buck, but cause I'd passed up, you know, this, to be honest with you, this was the 16th buck, 16th buck of the trip. Okay. Bubba's was the biggest. 
And I, you know, I might have shot it, might not have shot it. Probably would have passed. I definitely would have passed on him if Bubba was with me because I, you know, he it was his. It would have been his best mule deer, um, and it was pretty deep for for how big it was. I mean, it was it was a good buck, but I was it just wasn't what I was there for. However, um, this was the second biggest buck to Bubba's, and it was only a fork and horn. It was a nice fork and horn, granted, but it wasn't like what I went there for. But after being there, it's exactly what I was wanting to be able to go home. And so um, <laughs> as soon as I pulled up my binos, I'm like, Buck, sh- I'm shooting that buck. And then so I get down. He's 311 yards away. I'm uh, we're, we're working our way down a really steep hill, and he's across on this other hill going up. And so how am I going to get a freaking rest? And so I put my pack down. I put my gun on top of my pack. I extend my bipods out. And, um, I can't get low enough. And so I, I basically, I lay down onto the hill. I pull the pack farther up on me and I'm basically doing the beginning part of a crunch and trying to steady my gun and it steadies. My gun's all fogged up. Uh, that's another thing. My, like I said, I've got so much gear on this hunt that failed me. My scope was another thing. And by the way, I, I sent my scope in. Uh, after I got home and I'm already, I'm looking at my new Viper PST Gen 1. They sent me a refurbished brand, basically a brand new one um, to replace the model that I sent them. So thank you Vortex for doing that. But um, suck. It's honestly, it sucks I had to send it back because it almost cost me two bucks this year. Uh, the scope, basically the pressure was lost, the air or whatever, the argon gas or whatever they put in there. Um to keep it for fogging up had leaked out and then condensation and water was getting in there. Right. And so it looked like I had water droplets on the outside of my scope when really they were on the inside. And it looked like I was shooting through fog, really thick fog, but I was able to find the deer easily. And, um, and I was able to steady the, the rifle enough. I was comfortable taking a shot and I shot him. I hit him. Um, I'm not sure if this shot hit him in uh, low in the shoulder or, it had to hit him low in the shoulder because he he went uphill about three more steps, and um and I was I was squeezing he kind of turned to where he was facing straight away and I and I just pulled the shot straight up that second shot wasn't was it was just a horrible shot and so I was like you know quit doing that you freaking idiot like execute a good shot and so I racked another one in and by this time now he's facing the other direction and I have a broadside shot kind of quartered away shot and I take a deep breath and I just have it on them. My crosshairs are finally starting to get steady again. Cause I I'm, I'm still doing a crunch, right? <laughs> so it, it, I'm starting to get a little shaky on my midsection there, but, uh, touch one off and immediately I'm like, that's it. And then I hear the whop and then he goes down immediately. And, and, um, I'd shot, um, I, I'd shot, I think the top of his heart out on that second shot. And I was kind of low, um, low in the shoulder on the first shot. So I'd barely missed, most of the vitals on the first shot, I mean, it kind of clipped um, a lung, but it didn't put him down. And then the second shot, or the, excuse me, the third shot, second shot I missed, the third shot was right through the heart, uh, top of the heart, just just barely ruined the top of the heart. And um, it, he went down immediately on that shot, shooting a 308, 150 grain SST, and um, been my most deadly gun that I've ever owned. And um, was actually really proud of, of the shooting, because I've said it a million times, with a garbage, and even though that wasn't offhand, to me, that's pretty much offhand. I wasn't using the pack that much to shoot 312 yards or whatever it was. Um, I, I was actually able to steady and execute two good two good shots out of three and hit them really good. Those bullet holes um, were about two inches apart. 
which is pretty cool. I'm pretty, I was pretty proud of that and, and, um, go up there and, and I tell Jeff, I'm like, you know, he's, he's so close. If I, I could drag him down to the road that we're on, um, or in the bottom, I could drag him down to the bottom and then I could pack him out by myself. I'm like, you just go fill your tag. I know you're going to shoot the next thing you see anyways, probably. And so I get up to my buck and I literally get up to my buck and then I hear a gunshot and I'm like, Oh wow, that didn't take him long. And, um, so I drug him down to the road, took care of him, took a few picks, did the gutless method, loaded him up my pack and then, uh, waited a little while. Cause I figured Jeff would either come back and get me or, um, or whatever. And, and he never did. And so I, I came back to the truck as a mile and a half walk back to the truck, easy walk. And, um, was just really, actually really happy. I mean, it wasn't a big buck, but I, I felt really good about the effort I put out. I, uh, I, I did try to kill a mature buck. This was a young buck. I, I try not to do that. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it, you know, but this buck, you know, he wasn't hanging around. He knew, he knew what was going on. He, and I, maybe it sounds like I'm trying to justify it, but I mean, everything a big buck would have done, he, he, he didn't hang around very long. I had to put a bullet in him really quickly or else he was going to get away. And he, you know, he was, his neck was a little swelled up. Um, but I think he was kind of cruising for does and, and we caught him coming over this big opening over a big knob and, and laid the hammer down on him. And, and it just, I was, you know, there was so much to be thankful and proud for, um, that, you know, I, I, I gave the effort. I, I passed up 15 bucks um, before I shot this one, you know, I, I did, I, I put in a lot of miles and, uh, I made a good shot and, um, got to share that moment with my, with my stepdad. And, and, um, I think that was actually the first buck he's ever seen me shoot. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't think him and I, and, and it's not for any good or bad reason. It's just, we've never had that opportunity together. And so that was really cool being able to share that moment with him. And, um, so I go back to the truck and then, um, I go and I drop the deer off, hang him up using the bro bags, which by the way, the bro bags are way too big for deer. They're designed for elk, obviously, <laughs> but they work for deer. Um, but those bro bags were pretty badass. uh, really bad. I really like them having reusable bags. I mean, if you, if you use them for a couple of years and you kill, uh, you know, a handful of animals, they, they're going to pay for themselves eventually. If you keep good care of them, you keep them out of the, uh, out of the fire, you don't cut or puncture them. They're going to last a long time. And I'm actually really happy with them. And, and, uh, they're strong, man, they are strong. I, I'm not easy on my gear. I've said that a million times and I wasn't easy on these game bags. I put, some of the biggest elk quarters, elk hinds I've ever seen in these things, hung them up. I mean, they did just fine. And, uh, they hung up all year, washed them. They did fine there too. And, and, um, yeah, that was a good purchase. Uh, that was a good purchase. I'm, I'm really happy with those. And so anyways, uh, I wait back at the truck, I go and I, I grab a couple, uh, mountain houses. So I was trying to have food ready for Jeff when he got back to the truck, you know, didn't know, I was, I figured he'd make a trip back and then we could go back and get the buck if he got one. And, and, um, so he comes back a while later, don't see any rack, don't see any meat, no bloody back, no nothing. And, and, uh, he said he shot at a nice three point and, um, couldn't never hit it and, and couldn't get back on it. And so, um, but he was happy. Uh, he had a chance at a good buck, a uh, bigger buck than I shot. Um, but wasn't a giant buck. You know, he said it was, he figured best he could figure was 17, 18 inches and, just like a big blacktail size buck. And, um, 
was just happy and, and was ready to go home if I was ready. And so we did. And we had a, I think we ate, uh, <laughs> ate at this little store. Uh, and he'd been wanting to eat these, uh, what were they? It was like a nacho. It was, uh, it was a, some sort of funny name, nacho, but it was like muy grande or nachos, like some big ass nacho meal. And <laughs> probably not the best, best idea when you're going on a road trip to eat big ass thing of nachos, but we did, and we had a great time, and and we, uh, you know, I filled my tag, and and um, you know, I've got some things I personally need to work on. I need to work on lower body knee. Um, so I've been doing a lot since I since the hunt has been over. I've been going back to the gym. I've been doing more deadlifts, more squats. Um, just just kind of really trying to figure out what I need to do to work my knee uh, better. Um, I, I wasn't really happy with my, uh, I did better than I've ever done lower body this year. Um, I, but again, I'm still, I feel like I still have to work at it to get to keep up with like Anthony or, or even Bubba who doesn't work out. The guy's a freak, the guy, the freak of nature. I don't know how he hikes like that with meat on his back without training or, or anything. The guy's a freak of nature. So, um, it's, it's just crazy. I, I work out like I do and I'm still barely able to keep up with with him and he's got a big ass chew in you know it's like come on man <laughs> makes me feel like a giant pile of shit but um and everybody's got friends like that Anthony doesn't deserve the leg strength he's got but he's got it like he doesn't do anything to to earn it he just naturally has freaking strength in his legs the guy is a, a mule and uh, even Mitch my my hunting partner Mitch all these guys can help pack me, and it drives me nuts. Brad Powell, another guy. That guy's freaking a savage when it comes to putting meat, meat on his back. It just, it's like if there was an Olympic, uh, <laughs> those guys would be all on like an Olympic team for meat packing, and I'd be on the sidelines cheering them on. So that's one thing that bothers me every year. I just need to get better at packing meat, um, and I've been doing a lot of core strength um, and just really focusing on um, lower and mid body strength. And I've been, um, really happy with, with the results I've been getting so far. I've already gotten stronger there. Um, I had to gain back some of what I lost, but, uh, that's, you know, Idaho, what I wanted to do was find out, you know, I, I guess I, I succeeded in, in more ways than one, even though I wasn't happy with the way my body performed. Um, yeah, I, I, I succeeded in ways where I, exposed my weaknesses and I know my strengths and now I can, I can strengthen my weaknesses and focus on those and continue to build my strengths and try and get better in those areas. But now I know where to focus my time at the gym or focus my time behind the gun or behind the bow or with a pack. Um, I need to make some adjustments to my pack. Um, I'm going to put electrical tape around the frame so it quits um, creeping, creaking, um, reet, 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 kind of thing, you know, when you're walking. Um, I, I saw some guys posting about that, and they were doing electrical tape around the frame. So I need to do that. Um, I need to move my pack bag up higher on the frame because it's just sitting a little too low. Um, so, you know, I exposed some flaws. Um, I, I definitely found out what gear didn't work. Um, so just kind of give a rundown of that. There was my, my, uh, my rifle scope, my sleeping bag, my tent. My wall tent door um, doesn't zip. My sleeping bag quit zipping. My boots leaked. My rain gear didn't work. My, <laughs> I mean, um, there's other things too, but I, I mean, there was just a, a laundry list full of shit that went wrong. And um, 
I, I really do need to, to figure that stuff out. And so, um, I I'll be, I'll be, yeah, a new tripod. I need a new tripod now. So, um, yeah, so I've got some more research to do. I've got some more money to spend, but I, I absolutely love how beautiful Idaho is and being able to share it with my uh, stepdad for actually, he went two years ago on a late season archery hunt with me. We didn't kill anything. I passed up a few dinks, went home empty handed, but had a great time. Um, this year we, we went back and we, we got, we got to bring home a deer. We got to spend some serious time together and, um, I had just had a lot of really interesting conversations that him and I've never had to have before. And, uh, I just really enjoyed it. And, Met some really cool people, some really nice people, and uh, even met some guys, some, met some local guys over there, and they knew who we were. We knew who they were, and and uh, <laughs> it's just a small world, man, really small world. But um, yeah, so uh, that's that's my Idaho trip. We didn't come home empty-handed, but it, I mean Idaho, I would give it two dubs uh, versus two L's for us, and um, I'm going back, man. I've got the bug. I just, I just want to go back and I want to kill a big ass mule deer and I'm willing to work for it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the same unit. Um, I'm, I'm putting in for different units now. I, I've decided that this unit doesn't have the quantity of the quality that I want. And so whether I have to go to Idaho, um, in a different capacity or a different unit, I'm totally fine with that. And so I'm back to the drawing board. I, I feel comfortable that I could go there literally every year and kill a buck every, pretty much every day if I wanted to. Um, but th they're just not the size and the quality that I want. And the hunting, there's a lot of hunting pressure over there too. But, um, anyways, that's, uh, that's Idaho guys. And that was tag number four out of four so far. I've got one more tag to fill. That was my blacktail tag, and that'll be the next hunt recap that I do next week. And um, I appreciate you guys listening to this. It's another 45-minute episode of me just talking and blabbing and a uh, little bit of bitching. And um, <laughs> I hope you guys don't mind. I actually got uh, quite a few positive comments about the antelope trip. So if you guys liked this one, let me know. If you didn't, let me know because I, I, I want to come out with shit you guys want to listen to, right? So um, – there will be no guest on the next one either. It will be just me going over my blacktail season. Maybe I'll get Brad Powell on here. I don't know. He's uh, he's warming up to the microphone, I can tell, and the camera. <laughs> I never thought I'd see it, but uh, he actually had the idea of filming spring bear hunts this year. So uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd heard hear those words come out of his mouth. Let's let's film a hunt. So he's he's a very introverted guy and. and <laughs> And I think he's I think he's finally warming up warming up to the uh, to the mic and to the uh, to the camera. So I hopefully we'll be getting him more um, <laughs> on, on some of the media that we, media that we come out with in the content. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to have him on here. But uh, outside of that, guys, I really do appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks, thank this Thanksgiving. I had a great one, and I am truly I you know it sounds corny as shit. I am thankful for everybody that listens to this podcast. Um, I've made some friends that started off as listeners and now we talk, we text, we, we keep each other apprised of our hunts. I'm grateful for you guys. Um, and, and it, you know, I never thought anybody would ever want to listen to me talk or listen to a conversation of me with somebody and, and just actually 
take the time and, and, and write the nice comments and and, uh, and to say the nice things you guys do. You know, some of you are probably full of shit. Uh, but I, I honestly think that, that there's a really cool community behind this podcast, and, and I do enjoy um, talking with you guys through through Messenger and Instagram and, and whatever it may be. Um, I don't get anything for emails, but um, yeah, through the social media platforms, I, I get quite a quite a few comments, and 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 like ninety nine percent of it, um, actually, pretty much all of it, a hundred percent of it's been pretty damn positive. And so I even ask for negative, and I don't get negative. So prove me wrong. Give me some negative. Give me some some constructive criticism. If you guys have ideas, once you know anything that you guys want to hear about or talk about freaking let me know. I'm happy to do it. So outside of that, guys, I appreciate you for listening. Uh, sorry for, for the long soapbox at the end there, uh, but I really do appreciate you, and I will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.